is there anyone here tonight willing to admit that they've gone somewhere and left their child behind? Anyone willing to admit to it? Well, confession is good for the soul, so they say. And when I was a pastor in Carmarthen many years ago, we had a guest preacher on one particular Sunday, and he was coming back with us for lunch. And Ruth decided to leave on the last hymn so she could prepare the meal. And she gave me instructions to come home with the preacher and bring Angharad, our eldest daughter, who was in Sunday school, home with us. And she took Bethan, who was a baby at that time, and she went home to prepare the meal. When I pulled up outside the house, Ruth asked, where's Angharad? At that moment, thankfully, Gwen Davis, one of our elders, came down the street in the car with Angharad. I had come home from church and I'd left my child behind. Well, from the passage that I read to you, I can see I'm not the only one who's left a child behind a church. What was it like, I wonder, to raise Jesus the Messiah? Was he the perfect child? Did he ever make any mistakes? Did he ever have to learn anything? Questions like this and dozens more have puzzled Christians and theologians down through the centuries. Some, ap I can't get, this is a word I can't get out, apocryphal, is that how you say the word? Apocryphal writings such as the infancy gospel of Thomas have the child Jesus doing all signs of fanciful miracles and vindictive acts. But the Bible itself, which is our final authority in all matters of doctrine and practice, is silent about Jesus' childhood years except for this one brief account in Luke. For me as a parent, the troubling thing in this story is that his parents left a child of 12 years of age behind in the big city. From personal experience, I realize that this can easily happen. However, in the case of Jesus, it took Mary and Joseph a whole day before they realized that Jesus was missing. Listen to verse 44. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled for a day. And furthermore, the story tells us that it took three days before they found him. Frightening experience for both parents and child. I can remember getting lost in the town of Llanelli on a Saturday shopping trip with my parents. And at eight years of age, it was terrifying. And at that age, I began to wonder if I would ever see mum and dad again. Thankfully, a Sunday school, my Sunday school teacher bumped into me, and in no time I was reunited with my parents. But Jesus was left behind for a whole day before they noticed, and then three days before they actually found him. And as we come out of lockdown and embark on some kind of normality, don't leave Jesus behind. Let's look at a few things we see in this story. 
The first thing we note is this. A custom was kept. Look at verses 41 and 42. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. Theoretically, Jewish men were required to go to three feasts in Jerusalem each year, namely Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. However, only the Passover was strictly observed. Those at some distances, especially the poor, could not attend all the feasts. But women, and sometimes children, would also attend. And this was certainly the case on this particular occasion. The feast in question here, of course, is Passover, where they celebrated God's delivering of the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. And pilgrims to the feast would stay a minimum of two days and sometimes longer. And this feast is particularly important for us as Christians because it's Easter and its true significance seen in the sacrifice of Christ as the Passover lamb. And as John Bakewell reminds us in his great hymn, Paschal Lamb by God appointed, all our sins on thee was laid, by almighty love appointed, thou hast full atonement made. Yes, we see in this story that Joseph and Mary kept and observed an important religious custom. The second thing we see here is this. A boy was missing. Verses 43 and 44. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were, uh, they were unaware of it, thinking he was in their company. They traveled for a day. Jesus was 12-year-old at this Passover, just on the brink of manhood. During a boy's twelfth year, he was prepared for the induction as a full member into the religious community which took place when he was a boy of thirteen. The year, this year, he is described in verse 43 by the Greek noun peus, which means boy or youth, child, a young person normally below the age of puberty. Next year, as a man, Jesus will be required to attend the Passover. But this year, he is learning what is involved. And pilgrims to the feast in Jerusalem usually traveled in a large party or what is known as a caravan, since a person traveling by himself was in danger from bandits. And this caravan was made up of Mary and Joseph's friends, along with relatives from Galilee. And they naturally supposed that Jesus was somewhere in the crowd. And no doubt when they camped for the night and Jesus was nowhere to be seen, 
they became alarmed. By this time, they were probably some 20 to 25 miles north of Jerusalem. First, they searched among the campers in their company. And when they inquired and discovered that Jesus was nowhere to be seen, they returned to Jerusalem, probably leaving early next morning and arriving in the city about nightfall. And Luke records for us in verse 46, after three days, they found him in the temple courts among the teachers, listening to them and asking them, questions. Can you imagine that sigh of relief for Mary and Joseph, and listen, I'm sure for Jesus as well, when the boy, mum and dad were reunited. And then the third thing we see in this is a mission was revealed. Look at verses 48 and 49. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? This is a turning point in Jesus' life. Mary speaks about your father and I in verse 48, but in verse 49, Jesus takes the word father and applies it to the God of the temple. The personal intimacy of the phrase father referring to God is unprecedented in Jewish literature. It's this amazing claim to intimate filial relationship to the Father that gets Jesus accused of blasphemy later on in his life and ministry. This passage gives us a glimpse that even at the young age of 12, Jesus is feeling a necessity, a compulsion to do the Father's will. Here, for the first time, Jesus seems to reveal that he is a man on a mission. Mary being a devout and God-fearing woman, while naturally somewhat annoyed by the boy Jesus for causing her and Joseph such worry, does, however, see something of mission in this episode. Because Luke records for us in verse 51, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Now, how could this story possibly challenge us this evening as we embark out of lockdown here as worshippers at Bethel, well, I believe that it's possible for people to exit lockdown just like Mary and Joseph and leave Jesus behind. We too, like Joseph and his family, can observe all the religious or Christian customs, and let me be clear, observing these customs are very important. But the sad thing is that some Christians 
don't observe the biblical Christian traditions such as regular church attendance and observance at the Lord's Supper. Listen to the challenge of Hebrews 10.25 to us. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some our people do, but encouraging one another. And maybe the great challenge for us as we come out of lockdown is to commit ourselves again to be faithful in our attendance in church on a Sunday. Statistics tell us that since lockdown, only some 60% of regular worshippers have returned to church. Now, I understand there are some because of fear and age and, and underlying health issues have to stay away. But only 60% have returned. I make no apology for saying this evening that for every serious Christian, church attendance is a must. Because Christians are disciples. And at the very heart of the word disciple in its original Greek is the idea of being an imitator of the Master. And Christians' disciples are therefore instructed to imitate Jesus, the Master. And Luke records these words concerning Jesus and his attendance at the synagogue in Luke 4.16. Then Jesus came to Nazareth, where he was brought up, as his custom was. He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. Jesus attended the synagogue. And remember, the synagogue at Nazareth, just like Bethel, Gladach, just like Waterfront Community Church in Swansea, was far from perfect. Nevertheless, Jesus was there without fail on the Sabbath. And as we come out of lockdown, we ask ourselves the question, will I go to church when I feel like it in the remaining months of 2021? Or will I go to church regularly because I take Jesus seriously? And as a disciple, I want to honor him. Remembering that Jesus said, if you love me, obey what I command. And so I have to ask myself and you along with me this evening, how strong is our love for Jesus? However, we are also challenged by this passage as we exit lockdown. That is possible to be faithful and observe all the church services and yet leave Jesus behind. You see, Joseph and his family had been to the temple, and no doubt they would have discussed the events of the celebration on their journey back. Some in their company may have praised the great worship at the temple. Others would have praised the preaching, while others would have complained that it was not like what it used to be when so-and-so was high priest. And, and Mark, as pastors, we've heard that it's not like what it used to be when so-and-so was the pastor here. However, talk as much as they wanted. They had left Jesus behind. The true Paschal Lamb 
was not with them on the journey. And you see, we can be in every worship service, and yet somehow Jesus missing. This is made clear to us in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and will dine with him and he with me. And very often as preachers, we use this as a gospel sermon, very often. But Jesus here is referring to a church. They may have had the apostolic church at Laodicea above the door, but Jesus was outside knocking. He was missing. And it's possible, you see, for us to come out of lockdown without Jesus. We've left him somewhere in March 2020. You can observe all the religious observances. We can argue our theological points. We can quote the scriptures. We can sing the hymn. But Jesus is left behind somewhere in that first lockdown. Or even somewhere left behind in the old Bethel building. Our relationship with Jesus is one of yesteryear. But listen. God is giving us all an opportunity in these early weeks of lockdown freedom to go back to that place where we lost that living relationship with Jesus. As the scripture says, Jeremiah 29, 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And some of us may need to ask the question, have I lost something of that first love during this period of lockdown? A nice building, good sound system, lively worship, regular Bible teaching and so on means nothing if Jesus is not with us. We'll be like Joseph And the crowd, returning from the temple, enjoying the hustle and bustle of fellowship, but no Jesus. As I challenge myself and my church, let us resolve to engage with Jesus. Make him number one in our lives. As we have sung, Jesus Our only joy be thou. Let's connect with him daily. Live a Jesus lifestyle. Ditch legalistic religion for dynamic Christian living. Let's enjoy grace to the full. Jesus must be central. And I believe that when he is central, criticism turns to encouragement, gossip to praise, grumbling to joy, pessimism to optimism, and so on. Think of Wade Robinson in that great hymn of his, when he discovers Jesus and has that living relationship with Jesus, he said, heaven above 
is softer blue, earth around is richer green, something lives in every hue, Christless eyes have never seen. He says, song of birds in sweetness grow, flowers with deeper beauties shine, since I know, as now I know, I am his, and he is mine. You see, when Jesus is central, it's all change. There is only one person in the whole universe that has absolute power and right to have first place in our lives, and that is Jesus. Others may seek to occupy that place, but they have no right to it. And the sad thing is that it's too easy for us very often to allow them to occupy that place. And for me as a Christian minister, the danger is to allow Christian things and church demands to take the place of Jesus. And sad to say, so often I've allowed that to be the case. However, this passage challenges me, challenges us to make sure that I don't leave Jesus behind in my pre-lockdown experience, but make sure that he is alive in my relationship with him today. You see, one of the saddest verses in the whole Bible is in Samson 16, 20, and it reads, but he did not realize that the Lord had left him. Doing everything, but yet not realizing we're doing it without Jesus. Let us all here at Bethel, on this Sunday in 2021, be determined not to leave Jesus behind. And if we have, like Mary and Joseph, let's return to that place where you and I knew we had intimacy in our relationship with God. You know, God is so gracious. As the old hymn says, prone to wander, prone to leave the God I love. But grace invites us back to that place of intimacy again with Jesus so that we can say in the now of our experience, for me to live is Christ. And then quickly and final, the final challenge I'd like us to notice from this passage is the importance of engaging in Father's business. Listen to Jesus. Didn't you know that I had to be in my Father's house? The authorized puts it, Wist ye not that I must be about my Father's business? And Barnes, in his commentary on this verse, says it was proper that he should be engaged in the work for which he came. He did not enter, indeed, upon his public work for 18 years after this. Yet still, the work of God was his work. And always, even in his childhood, it was proper for him to engage in the great business for which he came down from heaven. Jesus was a man with a mission, 
and that mission was to reconcile fallen humanity to a thrice holy God, and he did it by becoming God's Pascalam, who brought salvation to the world. Let's refocus as churches, and all of us, in some shape or form, engage in Father's business. What a front church! Bethel Cladach can flourish if we engage in Father's business, and if we seek to return as we rather seek to return to some normality after this period, long period, terrible period of pandemic. Friends, when we all do our bit and engage in Father's business, then I believe it's going to be a great post-pandemic time for Waterfront Church and for Bethel Cledach. Listen, this church and my church, it needs your ministry. Your little bit is just as important as the little bit the preacher does when he stands in the pulpit to preach. We're in it together. Statisticians tell us that most people visiting your church for the first time, looking for a place of worship, have already made their minds up before the preacher gets up to preach if they're going to come back again. So your smile, your friendship, your welcome is important if we want to see them, whether they're believers or unbelievers, returning to the house of God, to this place, and hear the gospel. I don't think anybody here this evening is old enough to remember Gracie Fields and the last war. Oh, you, no, well, it was your wife that pointed to you, so don't blame me. <laughs> But she used to sing a song <clears throat> to boost morale. It was a song about the importance of everybody doing their bit in the war effort. effort. And it went like this. It's a ticklish sort of job making a thing for a thingamabob, especially when you don't know what it's for. But it's the girl that makes the thing, that drills the hole, that holds the spring, that works the thingamabob, that makes the engine roar. And it's the girl that makes the thing, that holds the oil, that oils the ring, that works the thingamabob, that's going to win the war. In other words, we're all important. And we're all in it together. And we're in it together. And listen, we're on the winning side. Let's believe that 
post-pandemic is going to be a time of numerical growth because we're all going to be Jesus' imitators, committing ourselves to faithful attendance in church service. Church fellowship is going to be so much better because we're all making Jesus central in everything, and the whole church is going to function more smoothly because we're all engaging in Father's business. And listen, the end result is going to be souls saved. Whatever you do, don't leave Jesus behind.